I'd like to welcome you to the Liberty Baptist Church Alan Smith Sunday School Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're going to be talking about living wisely. We're in Proverbs. But before we start today, we want to make sure that everybody knows that with the COVID-19, we still have issues with people masking up and going out to places to get food and groceries. And if you need anything, if you, any of my Sunday school class needs anything, please give Kathy or myself a call. We'll make sure that we do everything within our power to make sure you've got everything you need to survive for the next week. So if you need anything, please get in touch with us. Um, we also want to pray for the ones that have been keeping our system going, our nurses, our doctors, our government officials, and Lord, uh, we we thank you for you know just the sunshine that we feel, but Lord, we feel the heat too. It's been a, quite some days since we've had some rain here. So Lord, we thank you for this day and uh, we do ask that our Sunday school class, if they have any needs besides uh, uh, COVID-19 needs, if you, if you need to talk spiritually or you feel a little bit under the weather, please give us a call. Let us see what we can do to help. Uh, before we get into Proverbs 14, uh, I'd like you to go ahead and uh, get your Bibles out and get ready. But I want to go ahead and pray, and then we'll go ahead and break, break apart this week's lesson uh, called Living Wisely. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord in heaven, we thank you for this day. And Lord, we thank you for the sunshine we see this morning. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have in your heart for us. And Lord, we thank you for the wisdom that you impart to us. Because Lord, we live for you. But Lord, we thank you that you do more for us than we can ever even see. The breath in our lungs, Lord, the sunshine that we see and the warmth we feel in the air. Lord, you give to us, Lord, not because we're worthy, but because you're worthy. And Lord, you loved us enough to send your own son to die on the cross for us. And Lord, that is enough, Lord, for anything that we need. But Lord, we still have other desires in our life. Lord, we want to live to uh, honor you. We want to live to watch, uh, Lord, you help us to grow. And we want to uh, watch our grandchildren and our children grow, Lord, to become leaders in Christ. And Lord, to honor you with their lives also. So Lord, be with us. Lord, as we break apart your word today in Proverbs, help us to help Solomon, Lord, to teach about living wisely. And Lord, help us to live wisely is what we say and do. And Lord, give us application today. Lord, that today, when we uh, make application to life, that people can, can see it in their own life. Lord, that they get an opportunity, Lord, to glorify you with what today they've heard. And Lord, that you might be magnified and glorified and honored, Lord, because that's the least we can do for you after all that you've done for us. So, Lord, thank you for loving us enough. Thank you for sending your son. Help us to get through this time of COVID-19 desires. And Lord, uh, help us not to become depressed from staying indoors. And Lord, help us to uh, just look at you with all wonder and all hope. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So if you will get out your Bibles, we're actually, our lesson this week starts in uh, Proverbs chapter 10 and goes through the end of chapter 14, but we're only going to study chapter 14. So I'm going to do a little bit of paraphrasing to get us up to uh, chapter 14 before we even start. And again, this week's lesson is about wisdom. This week, Solomon is teaching us about the contrast between following God's wisdom and the foolishness of failing to do so. Chapters 13, uh, 10 through 13 talks about how a wicked person 
would try to get rich using unscrupulous approaches and how a righteous person would make money through hard work, honesty, endurance, and responsibility. Solomon also teaches us that words and actions reveal the difference between wickedness and righteousness. Upright people would understand the value of instruction and discipline, but wicked people would favor treachery and violence. And the righteous person would value integrity, but wickedness would, would drive an individual to lie and to stir up strife. And honestly, we see this type of thing still today. People in the streets asking for and rioting for things they didn't work for, but feel they should be entitled to. This type of arrogance shows how just following your own desire and your own wisdom can lead to chaos or disorder and confusion. This type of arrogance prevents people who are gripped by wickedness from accepting corrective criticism, thus leading to more foolishness. Solomon again points out the destructive outcome of foolishness. He says a foolish person would end up causing destruction, but a godly person would continue to walk with God and grow in integrity. A wise person can live in joy, even in times of sorrow, but nothing but grief await a foolish person. Today's study starts in chapter 14, but first let's talk about things that are changing and making the world think we're smarter today than they were back then. So today, we have smartphones, we have smart televisions, we have computers that can find our own innermost desires. We have cars that can drive themselves, toilets that flush themselves, and hand wash stations that automatically dispense soap, and then a dryer that automatically dries your hands. We're so smart, we found a way to do it ourselves. The only problem with all of this, we haven't gotten any smarter, we've just isolated ourselves. Do not mistake what I'm saying. Progress and inventions are great, but they don't necessarily make us smarter. Wisdom's not about being smart. It's about being wise and sensible and can only be learned by God's wisdom. In Proverbs 14, Solomon arranges the verses in an ancient Hebrew poetic form called chiasms, or where the main point or idea in the center of the passage instead of at the beginning or at the end. Thus, the way we will study chapter 14, we're going to study verse 8 and 15 together. And we'll study verses uh, 9 and 14, then 10 and 13, and then finally 11 and 12. Thus, 8 and 15 dis uh, discuss the uh, fact of being prudent. So I'm going to read verses 8 and 15, and we'll discuss those. Chapter 14, verses 8. It says, The wisdom of the prudent is to understand his way, but the folly of fools is deceit. Verse 15 says, The simple believes every word, but the prudent considers well his steps. You see, prudence involves thinking through an opportunity or a challenge carefully. Before drawing a conclusion or coming to a decision, a person who practices prudence is referred to as sensible. 
A wise man told me long ago, you may have been through the same thing as someone else, but you don't know how they feel because you've never walked where they have walked. So before you can see from their perspective, you need to walk in their shoes for a while. Then you need to make wise decisions as to their needs. Thus, the foolish doesn't take the time to rethink or to think through the situation facing them, and they make their choices quickly and dive headlong into their choices. How many of us are guilty of that? Most of us would say, yes, I'm guilty of hearing something somebody says and not digging for all the facts. What we find out is head knowledge is insufficient without the Spirit's application to the inward man. You see, Wisdom is the righteous application of true knowledge. The sensible person is one who examines his or her lifestyle and their experiences and learns from failure and corrects those mistakes so that they do not continue making unwise results. And in verse 15, the foolish individuals tend to be inexperienced and thus the inexperienced one is the person who is easily deceived. They rely only on their insight and haven't learned about nourishing or nourishing a relationship with the Lord. We often call these foolish individuals the gullible ones. This is often the result of laziness or an unwillingness to learn rather than a product of the person's age. Thus the sensible one watches their steps very carefully, being thoughtful and diligent as we make the decisions in our life. Thus, as Christians, we should seek his direction and take the path that he leads us to choose. Thinking through our steps prevent us from doing something that will turn out to be foolish or that might get us in trouble. The old saying, measure twice but cut once, can easily apply here. 1 Corinthians 14.20 says, don't be childish in your thinking, but be infants in regard to evil an adult in your thinking. Verses 9 and 14 says this, Fools mock at sin, but among the upright there is favor. The backslider in heart will be filled with his own ways, but a good man will be satisfied from above. The comparison to fools and the wisdom or prudence continues with the law of restitution here. When a person's sinful act resulted in another person's loss, the guilty party was required to repay the amount of the loss plus an additional 20%. Thus, the guilt offering required a sacrifice to God as well as restitution to the victim. And it has to be done by the one who committed the sin. You see, fools don't take the law of restitution seriously and detest it. Fools do not care about anyone but themselves. They're not the least concerned about their accountability to God or to others. They mocked the law, ridiculing it and anyone who tried to abide by it. They thought that the rejecting the law would bring them contentment and they didn't care about who they damaged. Don't this kind of sound like today in America? We have people that unwillingly break the law and then when caught, they blame it on their circumstances or the culture that they were brought up in. You see, God's mercy is what we call out for. And all sinners will receive what their conduct deserves.
Thus the good man, verses 14, lives in a covenant with God and others, and God will bless him because he listens to God's commands and follows God's wisdom, leading to that contentment. A backslider, though, is someone who takes steps in the wrong direction, or, as some Bibles say, a disloyal one, and then decides to turn back. The sad fact to this is, some people begin as loyal followers of the Lord, but then they lose their way and they retreat. They turn back to a lifestyle that is guided by their own desires. They will be held accountable for the disloyalty, and the day will come when they can expect to receive full payment for their conduct and their ways. Instead of being repaid for disloyalty, the Christian can count on being rewarded. Living out God's wisdom brings true reward of lasting contentment. Verses 10 and 13 say this, The heart knows its own bitterness, and a stranger does not share its joy. Verse 13 says, Even in laughter, the heart may, may sorrow, and the end of myrrh may be grief. What we know about a heart is a person's heart can hold a vast array of emotions and that actually can cover our true heart. Often a disconnect between our outward appearance and our inward reality. We put on a good front, as some people say. We smile when we're really hurting on the inside. But we all know that an intimate relationship grows because a person shares their heart with someone else. You see, we can share our pain with others, but we may not know the true depth of that person's bitterness. We should empathize with them to a point, but a person plagued with bitterness suffers alone. We do well not to confuse joy with happiness. Happiness is a result of a person's circumstances. Joy on the other hand, is a choice. It's a choice a person makes based on faith in God's future grace. Happiness can fade when circumstances change. But joy? Joy defies circumstances and abides consistently in our hearts. A person who has not received Christ stands as an outsider who beholds our joy from a distance. And we can't fully share the joy in our heart with people who don't share our walk with the Lord. This joy is produced by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And people that don't know that joy have never accepted that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. There's a difference between knowing Jesus and actually knowing Jesus. For people who suffer with sadness, a smile may hide what they're feeling. You see, Deep inside a person's heart lies the truth about happiness. And people sometimes turn to laughter in an effort to numb the pain of being sad. No one, no one knows the inner life of another's heart. And the appearance of happiness can be deceptive. Again, the, the Bible speaks of the heart very many times about no one knows the heart. And we all say that a lot of people are going to be in heaven, but we don't know until we've had an opportunity to share with them if their heart is tuned to the Lord. 
You see, grief awaits all of us. But our joy, our joy will hold us as we, as we endure because we know God's true to his word and true to his promises. And therefore we have hope. Verses 11 and 12 say this. The house of the wicked will be overthrown, but the tent of the upright will flourish. And there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Here we again, Solomon's talking about wisdom and foolishness. Then they now can be compared in terms of outcomes. A wicked person rejects the Lord and thus refuses to seek his wisdom. And I can tell you their house will not stand in times of calamity. An upright person, this person's being right with God and others in our relationship. The Lord is the one who makes us upright. We need to realize it's not about us being upright. It's about him making us upright. Again, it goes back to the gift that God gives us. It's about his grace. It's about his abilities, not ours. And our trust in him enables us to put his wisdom into practice as we face whatever comes our way. We can smile through tragedies. We can laugh with others. But at times, we need to know that God has all of our hope and we can cry with others just as they cry. When a person chooses the way of destruction and wickedness, there's only one possible destiny. That destiny is death. The way of the wickedness may, may, may appear enticing, but it's only enticing the fool who can no longer discern between right and wrong. But the result can only be death. The way of the upright will flourish and the righteous person will experience success in God's eyes. Again not in the eyes of the world. We have to realize we're here for a time, and it's a short time in eternity. Without God, people don't have the wisdom they need to make the best choices with their lives. They only have their impressions or their ways to lean on the things they know and to live out their days. They live in the hope that the path they've chosen will bring them fulfillment, but in the end, they will not thrive. They will discover their path leads only again to death. Taking the path that would lead us to joy requires us to decide we want to be wise in him. In him being Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. What it leads us with is this closing statement. There's only one true path in life. That is the path of the straight and the narrow. We read plenty of times in the Bible, the Bible says that wide is the road, but narrow is the gate. If we apply this wisdom, we realize that if we seek God's wisdom in our decision, God will honor that. He'll show us the correct way, but we need to lean on him. In our weakness, he, make, he is strong. And in our weakness, he shows up to be greater. I mean, who would have ever thought you would take a person, a sinner like most of us, and turn them into disciples, making disciples? Our joy is to make the Lord known. Make the Lord known. Help us today to do that. Share this word with somebody today. Forward it to somebody and tell them 
they need to listen to this message or this podcast and know that you're loved in the Lord. So use us today, use this recording today, and use this podcast to share the word of gospel. For it's in Christ's name we do ask this. I hope you've had a great day. Have a great Sunday. And remember one thing, today is the day the Lord's made. Rejoice and be glad in it. And work six and rest on the seventh. I love you in the Lord. Thank you.